Welcome back to the It's Monday podcast. My name is Jade and today I'm here to talk to you about easy ways to modify your workouts while in HA recovery. So as you would know, over energy, too much energy expenditure, not enough energy intake, all contributes to HA. And a big process when it comes to restoring your period is, I guess, doing an audit on your movement or your exercise regimes and tapering it back so that your body can have some time and space to, to heal and restore your hormones back to where they want to be. Um, so through my DMs, I often get questions on how to modify movements, how to modify exercise. Um, so I thought I'd get together a bit of a list today for you that entails different styles of training and how you can reduce it. Of course, if you want a more detailed protocol on how you can reduce your training, you can always send me a DM or an email. Um, I am a qualified personal trainer and I have gone through HA recovery protocols with not only myself, but a whole lot of women who have been able to keep exercising um, and restore their periods. So if you want to know more about that, contact me. But for now, I'm going to break down the different modifications into different areas. So there'll be the running, hit workouts, strength training and walking. Um, so I'll do some timestamps if you want to skip ahead, but if you want to skip the whole thing, here we go. Uh, so starting off with strength training. Um, generally, strength training means your heart rate is lower than say running or your fit training but it can still spike up fairly quickly depending on the movements that you're doing compound movements in particular are going to spike your heart rate up if you're doing a heavy squat heavy deadlift um it's, it's going to produce that response so the simplest methods is to reduce sets and reps so if you're currently doing x amount of set x amount of reps you can either remove a set completely or you can reduce your rep ranges from 12 to 10, 10 to 8. The key thing here is you want to keep the weight the same because if you're reducing the reps and upping the weight, you're still sort of keeping that stress response in. So keep your weight steady, take some reps out, take some sets out. Do that for a couple of weeks. Give yourself some time for your body to respond, see if you get any symptoms. And if you're starting to get symptoms, perhaps you're going to do it again. You're going to remove something else or you're going to hold steady and see what happens and do another analysis. Otherwise, you can make sure that you're reducing your workouts in a less aggressive way is to make sure that you're resting one to two minutes in between sets so that you can allow that heart rate to drop down. Um, reducing weights, but focusing on hypertrophy or time under tension rather than the heaviest weight that you can lift. So an example of that would be rather than doing a heavy set of squats, you're going to be doing um, slow pause squats. So three counts down, pause, one, two, three counts up. Three counts down, pause, one, two, three counts up. Now, they're, they're quite physically um, difficult to do reps that are so slow, and it might take you a little bit of time to work out the weight that is best for you, but it's definitely going to be a much less weight than what you're doing your five rep squat on or an eight or a ten rep. Um, always focusing on technique, and if it turns out that you're doing uh, five repetitions at this time or eight, then one to start with, play it out, see how you go, and then raise up in a couple of weeks. Um, there is other holds and pulses that you can do within your rep ranges. So you might have seen, again, being an example, pausing at the bottom, little pulses. So I wouldn't do that for weighted uh, repetitions, but if you were to go body weight, you can hold at the bottom for, say, 30 seconds, do tiny little pulses where you're only moving up and down a couple of inches. Right? It's going to build tension throughout those muscles, focusing on your breath so that you can keep your heart rate down 
Um, and it, it's going to burn, like it will burn if you're doing this properly. And then you can also finish it off with some full range repetitions as well to sort of flush the blood through. Um, if you're wanting to stay heavy with your weights and you don't want to reduce weights, then rather than doing say eights of 10 or eight, uh, sorry, sets of eight or sets of five, um, I would be reducing it down. So you're doing a set of three, have a rest, and then another set of three. Um, so overall, the workload is quite similar, but you're breaking it up so you've got more rest in between, so you're not getting as dramatic of a heart rate response, um, and it's not going to be as taxing on your nervous system as well. Um, often, a lot of trainers and health experts suggest keeping your heart rate below 130 beats per minute. It can be really helpful for some, not so helpful for others, because others don't want to wear fit watches and things like that to train, which is totally fine. Um, I guess a good way to assess it is if you finish a set and you can very easily talk to somebody, your heart rate is in a pretty good range. If you're finishing a set and you're like, oh my gosh, and you can't quite get that rhythmical sentence going, then it could be time to take it down a notch. Um, if you found a suggestion is helpful, please reach out to me, send me a DM, let me know what you tried and tested. Um, I will be doing this podcast soon with a beautiful lady who is in our HA community and we took this path. Um, with her training before she got her period back, which is really exciting. When it comes to HIIT workouts, um, of course, the whole purpose of HIIT is to have that high intensity heart rate, which is what we're walking away from during HA recovery as much as possible. So again, some women can keep in a couple of HIIT sessions, some women need to totally remove it. Your body will choose. Um, so the easy ones are reducing the time of the workout. So if you're doing 20 minutes, drop it down to 18. If you're doing 30 minutes, drop it down to 25. Pick something that you know you can commit to. So if you cannot conceive the idea of doing a 25-minute workout instead of a 30, then start at 28 minutes. Right? Whatever it is, it's going to help you start to push the envelope is what's most important. Making sure that you're actually resting on the rest breaks because I know so many of us are guilty of jogging on the spot or doing burpees or ab mat sit-ups or you know something when we should actually be holding still and actually taking the rest as prescribed by the workout so if you're not actually resting make sure that you are it can even be really helpful adding some breathing techniques on those rest so three counts in pause seven counts out which is quite difficult if you're got a racing happy um creating rest so this can be more helpful if you are doing hit workouts at home or you go to the park and you're sort of in charge of um, the timing of things. So you might be following a YouTube video and they give you 20 seconds rest, but then you pause the video for an extra 40 seconds so that you're actually getting one minute rest instead of 20 seconds. Um, again, set some boundaries with yourself before you put this into place so that you don't start the workout and go, oh, 15 seconds is good enough, and then you kind of go on your merry way. Um, pick a rest that period that you want to keep and actually honor it again trial it out for a couple of weeks see how your body responds um, another thing you can do is when you've got things like sprints swap it for a jog instead um, or if you've got something like squat jumps burpees step ups anything sort of plyometric just swap it over for a static movement so instead of squat jumps do normal squats instead of jumping lunges do normal lunges instead of box jumps um, you might do step ups. Yeah, so there's lots of ways that you can swap things around. Again, if you're looking for some inspiration, send me a DM. I've got lots of ways you can swap around your workout. 
when it comes to walking, I think a lot get confused because it's like, no, but walking's really easy and it's moderate and it's not meant to be damaging to hormones. And you're right, walking's wonderful. It's really, really good for our system and getting outside in some fresh air is so beneficial to our physical body and mindset. Um, but I guess the, the key thing there is when you're becoming obsessed with your step count, because if we're looking at having a more intuitive relationship with exercise, if you cannot stop your walk until you've hit X amount of steps, then we're kind of barking up the wrong tree there. So ways that you can sort of moderate your walking behaviours or reassess them is simply reducing the steps if you are going by step count. See if you can walk one block less, which means you might have skipped maybe a couple hundred steps and just be at peace with it and just go, oh, okay, that's different, or stagger it. So one day you do a, bit, a little bit less, one day you do the same amount, one day you do a little bit less and just ease the emotional attachment you've got to hitting that set goal. All right, so in this scenario, it's not necessarily drastically reducing it, it's more creating some mental flexibility around that choice um, because it's really easy to justify, yeah, but it's only steps, steps are okay. But if you're doing 15,000 steps a day and you're not eating enough, it's it's still too much, if that makes sense. But again, if you want to chat about it, send me a DM. Um, breaking up the duration. So if you normally walk for an hour, Perhaps try walking for 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, or 30 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at lunch, 15 minutes before or after dinner. Um, and again, that's going to create that ability to be more flexible with your walking routine and also start to enjoy it a little bit more. So it's short, sharp, or maybe you walk to a cafe and have a coffee and make it a bit more fun and light. Um, other ways you can think about is going on the same path but not wearing your fit watch so again that's just to take out the intensity of that sort of obsessive feeling we can get that we must hit our steps because logically you're knowing you're going to be doing the same amount of steps that you normally would because you're walking the exact same path but we're not relying on the numbers to prove it to us because logically we know we're doing the same path that we've always done and again there's some real power in that because you might think that you don't rely on your fit watch or step counter that much and then the idea of not wearing your watch to record your steps makes you feel uncomfortable. So if you have noticed that, that's something really important and it's something that you could consider exploring more and why having a particular number is important to you or why you feel like the walk isn't worthwhile unless you've got a number attached to it. And that's a, a very simple example of some of the things we work on with mindset coaching is seemingly um, innocent thoughts and behaviours that have actually got quite a lot of baggage attached to them. And again, not demonising anything, just witnessing them, seeing what the attachment is and if we can make it softer and more fun rather than something that's a little bit more aggressive and hostile. Um, walking with friends is really helpful because you might be like a speed walker and you're walking really fast all the time and you're not really enjoying it because you just got to get it done. you just got to get the steps in. It's going to be really fast. But if you're going for a real leisurely walk with a friend, particularly one who's nice and chatty, um, that can be really helpful too, because rather than being focused on getting the steps in, you're just having a good time with a friend, having a nice chat. Um, and again, the energy just feels different while you're doing that. Stop listening to music can be really helpful for reducing intensity and modifying your workouts, even if it is walking. Because as we know, music has the capacity to really rev us up or it has the capacity to mellow us out. Um, but if you find that you're a speedy walker and your walking is almost jogging, 
then not listening to music can be helpful because it's going to bring you back into your body because rather than being distracted by the music or I guess revved up by the music you're going to be noticing other things like how your feet feel how your shoulders feel how your core feels perhaps you might actually notice what's going on around you that there's a really nice house with nice trees there's a cool dog um perhaps you can smell someone cooking dinner um but it's going to open up that sensory awareness which is really helpful and that also leads me to the last point when it comes to walking is doing meditative walks. So um, again, walking without any sort of music or videos playing and instead you're just walking and you're trying to observe all of your senses. What do you see? What can you hear? What can you smell? And you might chop and change between each throughout the walk or you might just pick one to really focus on. And it could be all the things that you can hear. I know that's one thing that I really enjoy if I'm still meditative walk is what can I hear? Um, you'd be surprised the amount of cars, leaves cracking underneath your feet, dogs barking, birds chirping, people talking, children playing, water running. Like there's so many sounds that you can observe if you want to when going on a walk, regardless of the environment. Um, gosh, even if you're walking on a treadmill, you'd be surprised at how different, how you hear food how different people walk, how different people talk, um, the clanging of the machines, the music playing, because obviously you can't eliminate music completely in the gym, but um, it can be really insightful to witness how much you don't notice when you're just really absorbed in what you're listening to with your earbuds and what's around you. Um, the other one I wanted to tackle was sort of running and cycling and they can be, so I'm just going to pipe forward because I'm not a cyclist, so I'm just going to do what's transferable. And again, when I'm working with women, we sort of work with through this on an individual basis, depending on the training and whether it's like leisurely cycling, competitive cycling, those kind of things. Um, obviously, you can keep distance the same, reduce the pace. So it's going to take you a little bit longer to get through, but if you feel at this point in time, if distance is non-negotiable, reduce your pace so that it takes you a little bit longer to get there your body's in more of a steady state the other idea would be for running anyway is blending your walk and your run so rather than running continuously the whole time you might jog a k walk a k jog a k walk a k um if you're a cycler then it might more so be you have a particular pace for one k and then you drop it back and then you speed it up and then you drop it back but I don't want that to be misinterpreted for a fit workout because it's not bad. It's whatever your steady pace is and then you lower it again. Um, breaking it up. So if you're normally, you would run or ride 15Ks a week and that's normally a 10K ride and a 5K ride, instead do five 3K runs a week. Okay, so you're shortening the duration of the run. But I guess being cautious on that front that, that it's because it's a slower distance that you're not going like, full speed ahead and instead trying to maintain the pace that you would for a really long distance but just shortening it and breaking it up so over the week you're still getting the case that you normally would just in a less aggressive manner um, you could also look at reducing your distance by 100 meters a week again something small or even 50 or 20 whatever is going to help you sort of just make that move forward and as we described with the walking is going for a run or a cycle with friends because if you can hold a conversation while doing either behavior it's a good sign that your heart rate's at a manageable level um because you're coherent and some of you would know if you've done some really intense workouts you can't think let alone speak when your heart rate's really high 
Um, and again, if you're still pushing, it's quite difficult to talk without taking breaths in between sentences. So most of you would be familiar with those things. Otherwise, that you can break it up that are applicable to all of these modalities is changing the time of day that you're training. So if you think that you train uh, seven mornings in a row, it can be really helpful to train, um, say, in the morning, and then you don't train till the following night. And then you might train the following night, have a rest day, train in the morning. So that's actually really helpful regardless of HA or not, because it's creating more time for like recovery. So as an example, if you train one morning and then train the next, you've had about 24 hours recovery. But if you train one morning and then you have the next morning off, that's your 24 hours, and then you train in the afternoon, you've actually had 36 hours of recovery, which is really helpful to your body. Um, also training in the afternoon means that you've had more fuel, so it's less stressful and taxing on your system. Um, and you've kind of had more time to sort of adapt to the day before you throw yourself into some movement. Um, so cycling training time of day can be really, really beneficial. Throwing in a, a rest, a complete rest day in between something from morning to night can be helpful too, so that you're not doing the night session and then again early in the morning when you've only got a 12-hour break. Um, but again, that's just an example of how creative you can be with the time of day and the training that you're doing. Another one you can incorporate is meditation or breath work in between reps, sets, rides, all of these really. So if you're doing a HIIT workout and you've got 30 seconds of rest, focus on your breath. If you have done a full HIIT class, rather than sort of running out and running back home and racing around, go to your car, go outside or whatever you do after you train and do a five minute meditation to just calm your system down, return back to base and then move on with your morning or night or whatever it is that you do after you train. Even with strength sessions, when you're having one to two minutes rest in between sets, taking time to just focus on your breath, settle your heart rate down and just observe how your body's feeling. Like how are your limbs feeling? Do you feel tingling? Do you feel buzzing? Do you feel blood flow? Do you feel a high heart rate? Just get really in tune with what your body's signaling you and try and zone in on it because as you zone in, you're going to learn more about yourself. You're also going to settle your sympathetic system down. Um, if you're wanting to keep in HIIT workouts for the time being because you're not in a position to reduce it just yet, it could be the idea of compromising the rhythm that you're doing. And this can go for running or strength training as well, where you, week one might be two or three sessions, week two might be one, week three might be five, week four might be two. You can get really creative with your workout schedule while trying to, one, mentally adapt to the changes that are required to recover your period, and two, find a more comfortable way to enjoy training but know that you're still progressing towards your HA recovery. So some of this is going to be more helpful to those of you who are at the very early stages of HA recovery where perhaps you've just found out, you're just about to make changes and you're like, oh, wow, there's a lot more options than I thought there was. Or it could be really helpful for those that are sort of feeling stuck with their training routine, like they can't change anything. And then it turns out that, oh, just having a two-week rotation can be a helpful change. Changing up timing can be a good change. Um, adding in a rest break or a pause or some breath work can be really helpful. So um, I hope you found today's episode helpful. And if you have, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I will be doing more of these episodes with sort of like tips and tricks for HO recoveries because I'm finding that that's a lot more of what's coming through DMs and emails. So I would like to help you the best way that I can. 
and respond to you all. So um, if you have any more questions or topics that you'd like covered in the podcast, please do reach out and I would love to cover them for you. Um, I'm wishing you the best of days and a wonderful night and I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast.